This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Eddie. And I'm Andy. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Again for another exciting episode of Paranormal Dads. Oh, how man. are you guys? I'm doing great. We got a good variety in this show, I think. Do we? We got a good variety on this episode. It's a a little bit of everything. Cross sectional paranormal nice. slice here going on today. We got to do that every now and then. You know, sometimes we get a little heavy on one side, and we we get we kind <laughs> of you know shelter away from some of the other sides. But this one. We're, we're even Steven. You know, you know it's not yeah. easy. You got to keep the UFO people happy. Got to keep the ghost people happy. Dog you got to keep the cryptid enthusiasts, yeah. you know, give them their take. So, yeah, right. Like, what do you want from us? We're doing our paranormal best. <laughs> there we go. You guys yeah. seen any, any good movies, any scary movies lately? I know we're not uh, exactly the horror buff type, but. You know, I've recently discovered that I like what I would call like light horror okay like i not gory if it gets gory my brain just goes turns off i just can't i can't handle it i don't i don't like it and like openly depictions of cruelty yeah i'm like can't do it can't do it pet (laughs) cemeteries out yeah well i I listened to that audiobook about two years ago and i'm like this book makes me sad (laughs) (laughs) i did it just made me sad uh but recently and this is another hey this is a great example of what you you had seen a movie recently you're probably gonna go and talk about that one uh i decided to i'm not a fan not a fan of this, of American Horror Story. Mm. But I decided uh, there is an anthology series version because American Horror Story has like uh, like a plot for the for that season. But each season, it's a different thing. Like it was like, well, there was one alien one and there was like a hotel one and there was all these different themes. This one that recently came out was a Hulu exclusive called American Horror Story, American Horror Stories. And it's an anthology series, so each episode is a standalone kind of thing, mm-hmm. almost uh, like a Twilight Zone. Exactly, yeah. and I was like, it up in one, exactly. One it's a one shot. I like those. I'm yeah. a big fan of those. Kind of like almost those, those weird tales, comic books that you get. You didn't have to yeah. get ten comics to get the story. Yeah, it's right there. You're done. And so, um, I love science fiction um, uh, anthology series. Uh, Look up uh, Electric Dreams on Amazon Prime. It's really good. Electric Dreams is great. Yes, yes. Because it's a standalone episode. Yeah, each one. Yeah, and so some of them take place in the past. Some take place in the future. Yeah, but they all have a twist, almost like a Twilight Zone ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, but not like full on like horror, if you will. Well, your boy here decided to give American Horror Stories a shot, and I know it's in the title, but I was just like, I'm just gonna go with it. I'm just gonna go. So I watched one of the episodes. And thank goodness they give you a little synopsis. And one of the episodes is about, which I wanted to feature on an actual episode of, uh, of ours, uh, it features a cursed movie. And I want to do that as a theme, whether it's pop or main at some point. I want to do cursed films yeah. like as a thing. Probably a pop. Uh, but they had this, it's like, oh, man, this movie's crazy. People can't even watch the first five minutes of it because then they go into a murderous rage. It's like, oh, wow, really? <laughs> so I started to watch this kind of wondering, like, 
where on the horror spectrum they would let this go. Because if it's not too bad, I could watch it. Yeah. And so I'm watching it. It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's huh? bad. It's it's very visceral. And so I just I turned it off. I was within about. Yeah. <laughs> I did the thing. I, I couldn't go to the counter and demand my money back. I call Hulu. Yeah. Uh, yes, Hulu. <laughs> yes, yes. It's Eddie. Yes, that guy. I need exactly a uh, dollar twenty seven back for my of my my membership. But uh, yeah, I didn't my care evening. For it. it features a a cursed film that you know you know there's a, a protester outside. She had a, they're a little campy, which I kind of like. She had an eye patch on. She's like, don't watch this movie. My boyfriend bit my eyeball out when he watched it, and he swallowed it. And I was like, I should probably have stopped it there. But I was like, I wonder where this is going to go. And it just did not go where I was hoping. It got really, it got really oh, no. intense. So I just turned it off and moved on with my day. Right it's funny me. you kind of mentioned that genre of uh, just kind of one-and-done type shows. Yeah. Uh, something I've really kind of been getting into this summer, and I, I got to say, I'm kind of a nostalgic kind of guy. I like to look back at my childhood and yeah, stuff we watched. Yeah, you got that heart, bud. Yeah, I've got the, uh, I've been watching Alfred Hitchcock, the, the original series, <gasps> you know, about the little black and white short, you know, movies or films, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, they take, what, an hour or so mm-hmm. to watch. But I've been watching a lot of those lately. Uh, I'll sit down at night before I go to bed and watch one of those. Oh, wow. And it's cool because you see like, Bob Newhart was on one of them. He, mm-hmm. his wife was like uh, trying to kill him, and <laughs> there you go. And uh, uh, there, there's uh, just, you see all these actors in in a much younger form than you're used to seeing them. Oh but, sure, uh, very cool stories. You know, most of them you know probably written or you know produced by Hitchcock, and mm. and uh, just just watching him is is so much fun. He's just such, such a quirky kind of guy to. It's <laughs> just the comedy he comes up with, because oh, there is a lot, a very big comic element to yeah. his show. Yeah, and uh, been a lot of fun to watch. And they did the same thing, right? Where they didn't really show horror stuff. A it lot of it was kind of foreboding. anticipation, yeah. a lot of foreboding type stuff. You know, yeah, that they talked about. I like and, that. And a lot of themes where you think it's going one way, but there might be a twist, Ooh. and it goes goes another way. Yeah. Um, Good stuff, though. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Andy, how about you? And I'm, I call me soft, guys. I, th- I think I'm getting soft. more sensitive as yeah. I get older. I, I, I'm up to date on the newest season of Stranger Things. Yes, there you go. It was but a little it, bit, that was a little bit of it's, a It's darker. Ride. It's, yeah, it's yeah. almost like a horror movie. I mean, it is. Like, it, and that was at my threshold. Yeah. And I, there were times too. where I stopped and friends were like, no, you got to finish it. Just power through. It's, a, it's, it's about at my limit, but it's so well done. That yeah. were the writing, the acting, the directing, the special mm-hmm. effects. It's top notch. Yeah. I, I lost, I lost grasp of Stranger Things. I think in its second season, oh, no. yeah. the 80s one where yeah. they really started hitting a lot of the 80s yeah. stuff. And, and uh, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't get past some of the gore or whatever that, 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 yeah. that, is in that show, but my kids love it, and they've they've watched every season. I think they just watched this newest season. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, if you couldn't get past season it. two, then season four is going to curl your hair. If that's the case, the first couple it episodes. gets it gets it gets pretty bad. But you know, it's such a good it's such a good show, though. Like you tell somebody that you haven't watched Stranger Things, and they look at you like you just said you don't like dogs. Yeah, like you don't like you don't like puppies, you monster. Yeah, what's well, wrong with you? Well, you know, I like I'm a fan of joints bending the way they're supposed to bend. <laughs> Right, that's right. a spoiler. It's amazing. Right. Kate Bush is back in the top forty with running up that hill too. Yeah, <laughs> an yeah. old eighties song. Yeah, and uh, it was used in Stranger Things, and now it's being played on the radio. And so again. is Master of Puppets. 
Yeah. Uh, it was a song, Metallica song featured in the one of the last episodes uh, where, it, spoiler, where Eddie, Eddie, who's, who's in it, who's the character, uh, you know, has a guitar solo and plays, chooses to play that song. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool. But yeah, so that, yeah, that they too are on the charts again. Well, I heard that Kate Bush song on the radio, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I, you know, I'm a child of the 80s too, but I never really got that into 80s music. So I wasn't familiar with the song. And I hadn't watched that episode of, of Stranger Things where that song is mm-hmm. played again and again. Uh-huh. But I'm driving down the street with my daughter Sky uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, and I the song comes on, and I'm like, you know what? Today's music really sounds a lot like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's a new song, but it sounds like the 80s. I'm yeah. going to have to tell Sky I was wrong. It is it, from, it the is. Yeah, from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah. if you're new to the show, uh, this is not a movie review show. We do that sometimes, but we have a format. We start out with recent sightings, then we move on to pop culture and the paranormal, and we put a bow on the episode talking about the main mystery. Ooh. So should we move on? To should we light this fuse, boys? Recent. Let's science. talk about something recent. Yeah, something recent. Here we go. Okay, guys, this is a very recent sighting. Um. Just the other day, and for those, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know my, my day job is a, I'm a psychic medium, so I consult with a lot of people to provide insight and predictions and whatnot, talk about past lives. But the cool part about my job is I come in contact with a lot of really interesting people who've had a lot of really interesting encounters with mm-hmm. angels, ghosts, you know, synchronicities, signs from the afterlife. And then just yesterday, I talked to a really sweet client. I have permission to share her name and her story. Oh. Her name's Autumn, one of the sweetest people I've come across in recent years. But she uh, has a studio. I, I, I don't know if it's in Omaha or uh, Council Bluffs, but mm. it's right over here in our neck of the woods. And she's she dabbles in like esthetician, cosmetology-type work, and she has a studio. And ever since she moved into the studio, she's been having kind of paranormal activity. With an item that I've never heard associated with paranormal activity. Yeah. Rubber bands. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. New to me. Yeah, I've never heard of this. She said, and she she's, I have to say, very credible, very sincere, very down to earth. Mm-hmm. Nothing, when she was telling me this, uh, did I think she was, uh, you know, pulling my leg. But she said it was the weirdest thing. She started to find rubber bands in the strangest places around her studio. And there was, there was, in fact, a time where there was three rubber bands. They almost appeared to be stuck to the wall. And, and, I, and I, I, I thought for a second, I mean, what, what do you mean? Were they, like, hanging on a hook? She says, no. It almost looked like they were just hovering on the wall. Whoa. And then as she was looking at them, they fell down to the floor. Okay. Huh. It, exactly. That's weird. Very strange. So things like this keep happening with, with the rubber bands. And there was even a time where... I believe, uh, if I'm getting the story right, she said her one of her children and one and some other person was in there. They were just sitting in the studio, and a couple rubber bands fell from the ceiling, just fell and landed on the floor right next to them. I mean, we got rubber bands popping up like they're coming out of a portal from rubber band <laughs> world, and they're just landing around this poor lady's studio. I mean, it happens in my house, but usually a cat is involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got ponytails over yeah, here, winding right. up in odd places. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my cat dragging them around. But coming from the ceiling. 
coming from the sea, just dropping it's like raining. It's like raining rubber bands. This reminds me of I did have a years ago. I had a paranormal experience uh, with what I would say is ghosts, and it was only in my office, and it kind of bled into my personal life. But it was at my office for months, and it would only happen when I was there alone and late at night. And I had I was working IT. Yeah, I'm pointing at Pat here. And the way that company worked was a lot of the stuff I couldn't even do unless people weren't working on their machines. It was like I, I compared it to like trying to change a car's oil with someone driving it. Right. <laughs> like you can't do it. I'm like, yeah. So I'd have to wait till the end of the business day and then work on it then. So you're like by yourself at 11 o'clock yeah, at night. Yeah, a lot of times I started working like opposite days. Like I'd come in at like 3 in the afternoon. Like my day would start at that point because I'm like I'm not working on people's computers while they're yeah. trying to. So I'd be at work sometimes, you know, midnight or later, sometimes depending on what was doing on old Microsoft Update Tuesdays, <laughs> ruining my yeah. existence. And so I was at work late, and it was getting into the witching hour. It was 3 o'clock. It was 3 o'clock a.m.-ish. And I'm working, just working away, and my chair gets pulled. And I'm like, huh, like, like, like the back of it. I'm leaning forward in my office chair, and I feel the weight of something pulling the back of my chair back. And I'm like, that's weird. So I stand up, and paper clips, not rubber bands, but paper clips were pinging off of my my blinds of my window behind me. What the heck? Yeah, like two or three of them. Like I heard paper clips, like, and I saw one, literally, like 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 land and then fall down like the slats, like a you know like a doo -doo 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 -doo, you know. So anyway, office supply goes. What is yeah? What is it with <laughs> office supplies? They're light. Think about it, rub rubber bands. Yeah, bingo. That's the one thing that they have in common. You know. And that's, that's the one thing I was telling Autumn as well. Well, look around your studio. A rubber band is probably the lightest thing that a ghost or spirit could propel with any sort of force. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've seen ob heavier objects fly. In fact, the title of my first book is called Flying Paint Rollers from Heaven. Paint yeah. rollers are heavier than rubber bands. Yes. Even much heavier. <laughs> yeah. And that stems back Science. to... Science. <laughs> and that stems back to... Uh, when I lived in my grandma's house after she passed away, and I repainted the kitchen, I was cleaning up the rags and the paint brushes and paint brushes and paint rollers, and I said, "Hey, grandma, how do you like the new paint color?" Moments later, paint roller flies out of a sink basin onto the floor, skids to a stop at my feet. So the spirit world can move animate objects. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just easier to do with paper clips or rubber bands. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's bizarre. She said, uh, even at, I believe she was talking about at home, she had found um, like a rubber band in her Lazy Susan inside the cabinet mm -hmm. with, you know, canned vegetables and all that. So she walks out of the room. She comes back into the room. The rubber band has moved from the Lazy Susan and is now on the handle to her stove. So <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> we have some ghosts trying to help out in the kitchen now, culinary yeah. art ghosts. Well, and you think about it too. And I thought I almost joked with someone about like, hey, if I ever died suddenly, I would stick around for a bit and I'd haunt my friends just so they knew that I was around. And it's like you would do kind of like really odd things to get attention, get somebody's attention. You wouldn't do normal stuff, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> you would do like, yeah, you'd move a, ru a rubber band to a really an odd place to be like, man, that's not nature. Shoot them yeah. square between the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I get it. Like, you know, and yeah, levitating or moving something that's not, you know, 
a lot of weight would be way easier than you know yeah a kettlebell being tossed across the room. <laughs> if that's the case, leave, <laughs> leave your house. No, but there are. That's reports. when you know the ghost has been working out, and they've swole. built up their spiritual energy. Got they that can swole ghost, <laughs> six pack ab ghost. Yeah, <laughs> got the wicked abs. Got the wicked abs. Glistening off his skin. He's wicked strong. But you know, some spirits can move heavier objects. Um, my my sister's ex husband Nate. He worked uh, for years at a <laughs> infamously haunted place here in Omaha called Sokol Auditorium. Hmm. He was a bartender there for many years, and he said there's stories, He and he's even seen some activity of, like, at the end of the night when they're cleaning up and everyone's left, you know, beer bottles, you know, flying across the counter and smashing into a wall on their own accord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was even uh, accounts of, they there was a stage, because they do plays and performances there, and there were some accounts of, they had these sandbags that were on the main stage, and that's just where they were, and they're in the kitchen doing dishes or whatnot, they hear some commotion out in the main stage area, they rush out, and the sandbags that had been on the middle of the stage were suddenly 20 feet in the air on top of wooden beams near the ceiling. So you talk about, it was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger of ghosts lifting that thing. Yeah, it's like, do you even lift ghost? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me of some of those shows you see where they've got video of people hearing loud noises and they come running out into their kitchen and all the cabinets are open, you yeah. know, and who leaves all the cabinets open, right? Do something weird. If you're a ghost, do something weird. Which <laughs> I, just me as a human, I'll do, <laughs> do That's something That's it, man. Weird. Ghost got the munchies. It was going for the Captain Crunch, the SpaghettiOs. It just left every single cabinet door open. Yeah. There you go. I want it all done. That's a interesting thing with the rubber bands. You'd want to have her for sure pay attention and keep documenting this stuff because stuff tends to kind of escalate at that point, it seems. Well, and I got to talking with her, and apparently things did keep escalating. Oh. And she she actually texted me a video. Uh-oh. So one day she was uh, she had one of her uh, clients there, and I don't know she was you know doing some cosmetology work or whatnot, and she was telling her client about the rubber band you know fiasco. And there in the video, I I can't tell exactly what it is, but there's a hook on the wall, and I think it almost looked like a. It's uh, a purse. It looks like sure. a purse. Is it's it a purse? Open. Okay, it might be a purse. I think it's a clutch if you're a. But it looks like uh, it's, it it's this like little <laughs> dragonfly hook that's anchored into the wall that you could hang something on. It must be a purse, like a. Sp- uh, anyway, but it's whatever it is, it's hanging there like by the handle, and she's she, it's a video, and this thing is swinging back yeah. and forth on its own. It's like my parents' and, neighbors, and it doesn't slow down. You know, well, it, it's just a consistent back and forth. Almost reminded me of you look at some of those. Uh, kitschy little cat clocks where its tail mm-hmm. goes back and forth. That's yep. kind of what it looks like to me. It does. And at one point, it almost looks like it's starting to lose momentum and come to a stop. And then it speeds up. It almost speeds up again. Yeah. It was like my parents' neighbors in the 70s. Swinging. It's a bean. But no, it definitely, like you were saying, Pat, it's not losing any momentum. And if you were to do that, we all have life experience. We're living humans. At least I think so. Yeah, I'm here. Um, <laughs> You get a thing of that size. It's not big, but it's not small either. They're about the size of like maybe like a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you. I've done this before in life where you see something swing. You get maybe like what, like two or three swings out of it, maybe like heh, 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 and then it's done. Mm-hmm. That is going. If you count the swings, it's like it's it's being propelled with force. Yeah, it's, be, it's being pushed back and forth. Yeah. 
And they're like commenting on it. They're both like laughing at yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, what the heck is going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah, that yeah. ghost is digging some attention. That is, yeah. it, it doesn't slow down. Yeah, no. it's weird. But I'm going to slap this video up on my Facebook page, uh, Psychic Medium Andy Myers. We'll go ahead and throw it up on the Paranormal Dad page too. Why yeah, not? We Let's yeah, we can kick a link to it too. Yeah, Let's do that. exactly. And uh, thanks to Autumn for these stories and for this video and for letting us talk about you on the show. Yeah, so that's, that's great. Weird. And that's always fun when someone who listens lets share something that they got. Yeah. So anyway, but it just goes to show, you know, I, I for one believe that most spirits, most paranormal activity is pretty harmless in nature. I think mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, when people cross into the afterlife, they're just kind of like uh, kids who are just showing off to try to get attention. And when they get a little bit of attention, they start showing off even more to see if they can keep entertaining us. Sure. You yep. know? Yeah, exactly. But uh, keep the cameras rolling and uh, go ahead and send us the footage if you're if you're able to get any. Thanks, Andy. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. All right. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. I have gotten endless amounts of grief <laughs> over having this podcast for the years that we've had it. We've decided it's five or six, seven. A while. 2017. It's ever. Definitely five, or yeah. close to it anyway. But people are shocked that know. you haven't covered what topic? This particular subject. I've gotten a certain amount of grief from a certain person, too. You know who you are listening out there. But other people do have said, wow, it's like you're doing this on purpose. It's like you're purposely <laughs> avoiding. Holding you ta- it back. You've talked about the weirdest cryptids you could possibly have. Fresno Nightcrawler? <laughs> it's a pair of pants just walking around. <laughs> you know? The Jersey Devil? Someone was like, you talked about him twice. You talked about Mothman, Chupacabra. Yeah, it's like you talk about the weird. You're just avoiding one of the most like blatant right there creatures, and you never talk about it on any segment. So this time, I'm dedicating this segment to the one and the only, <laughs> the one with the one horn, Unicorn. Uh, Yay! Yay! Rainbow. Actually, my daughter Sky has been one of these people harping lately. She's like, you guys, you got to talk about unicorns. I know. So you gotta, See, I'm where's you. the unicorns? So many people have been like, so you just don't want to talk about unicorns, huh? We're going to talk about unicorns. Now, we at some point, I'd like to, the problem is there's no modern unicorn sightings. We don't have a lot of unicorn stuff going on. And we'll, I'll talk about this for maybe a minute. There is some debate whether or not they were a real creature. That is something that is kind of discussed, where they're like, hey, man, giraffes are a thing. (laughs) (laughs) They're weird looking. But a horse with a horn, that's the weirdest (laughs) thing you could, that's not so bad. That's not a hard reach. Compared to duckbill platypus, it's pretty tame. You tell me that platypus is a thing, and yet this is not, you know, so it's like, no, I get it. We got weirder stuff out there. The Tasmanian tiger, that's an animal. Yeah. But the unicorn, you're a weirdo for thinking that's real. So I will give people credit. Yes, that is not the strangest animal that we got on the planet. And there are some thoughts that maybe these things were an actual animal that looked very horse-like, had a singular horn, and it was hunted down to extinction. There's a lot of thoughts on that. And if the horn was like what they say it is, like if it's, if it's like an actual horn of like antlers or whatever, they wouldn't degrade over time. It would still be around. And so you could, I don't know. There you go. But um, we're going to talk about unicorns. We're not going to do the historical dive on unicorns. We're going to do unicorns in pop culture. So okay. here we, so here I'm we go. I'm sure there's plenty of fodder there. Well, there's a little bit. There's a, there, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so I was more focused about like individual unicorns, not so much like a story that featured had a unicorn in it, because there's a lot of fantasy movies sure. and other stories where there's just a unicorn thrown in. Right. Like, yeah. and for me, that's less interesting. It's like, and there's unicorns, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, when was it like a 
the unicorn was kind of the thrust of the movie. Like that's what I care, or or mm. the story or the song. Not a lot of unicorn songs. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. just saying. Or they use a unicorn in the phrase like almost like a like a like a phraseology kind of like Andy is a unicorn. He's mm. a good looking guy. He's he's employed. He's self sustaining. He's he's single. Ladies, <laughs> he's a unicorn over here. I'm a blushing unicorn. <laughs> but um, you know that's the idea that it's used as a term, but not so much as a thing. In in film and other stories and even in songs, references, you know, how do I know the land is magical? There's some freaking unicorns in the background <laughs> over there with some unicorns and yeah. some fairies. So I wanted to focus on stories or whatever that were very unicorn-centric. Like, it's about a unicorn or it has anything. So we're going to go down the list here. Ready? For all you 1980s kids out there, uh, looking mm -hmm. at looking at Andy and myself, Pat was around in the 80s, but he was more, you know, a teenager in the 80s. He was he was, uh, you know, a little more seasoned, a little more wise by that time. A little more world weary. I was running all over the place in the <laughs> 80s. He was. He's watching <laughs> turtles get cut in half and chicken soup fly out of them. Turning the last episode for that one. That um, was the 70s. That actually. was the 70s. <laughs> That's total 70s move. Um, but there was a cartoon around that. There was one uh, animated movie about it called Rainbow Bright. Oh, yes. Anyone remembers yeah, sure, good old, sure, yep. sure. good old Rainbow Bright. And Rainbow yeah, my Bright. My sister was a big. Uh, a she of, was a Rainbow Bright gal. Rainbow Bright was like if He Man resonated strongly with boys in the eighties. Rainbow Bright was just as powerful for girls. It was like yeah, and some I liked Rainbow Bright. This is where even as a kid in the eighties, I'm like, man, I kind of like Rainbow Bright. <laughs> it's kind of cool actually. <laughs> um, but the idea is Rainbow Bright was essentially this like magical human that was in charge of colors. No stress there for her. <laughs> but the idea is that she had a companion of her who was a unicorn that could ride the rainbows as if they were roads. And that unicorn's name was Starlight. And that unicorn could talk, had a grown man voice. <laughs> <laughs> and he would pepper in little horse things here and there and all that. But uh, the, the unicorn of Starlight. Now, here's the kicker with the Starlight. He actually had, if I remember this right, he had a horn, but it had a gold star at the base of it as well. Uh, coveted character, loved by all. My sister had a plush one of Starlight. But there you go. If you want to go get your Starlight tattoos... Go get you one. <laughs> I actually have a client who has a unicorn tattoo. Yep. Yeah. You have to ask that client what the unicorn's name is. Big shout out to Crystal there with the go. unicorn tattoo. There you go. Yeah. Starlight even had a a rainbow mane and yep. tail. Oh yeah. They really yeah. they really leaned into the rainbow aesthetics with good old Starlight there. But but Starlight could talk. And so I was like, well, he's obviously magical. He can talk. And uh, as a fun little sidebar, in the movie, the Rainbow Bright movie there was a black robot horse that was not a unicorn. <laughs> I was bummed about that. But uh, he was a robot horse that this kid, this space kid, rode around on. And I was like, how cool is that? His little legs would rotate sideways and take off like a rocket. And uh, it, had, it, it could talk, too. So like That right there is probably the marketing for the boys. Totally was. <laughs> the, yeah. Like, you got this horse here. We got a black. Yeah. You know, oh, and his name was Onyx. So you're like, yeah, metal. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rocket horse with dogs. Ah. So there's that. Moving down the list, this was in the this was in the eighties. As Andy's looking at TV shows, I'm, I'm looking up <laughs> unicorn videos on YouTube, man. <laughs> um, uh, the next one is a film in 1982, done by one of my favorite animation studios, Rankin Bass. Oh, friends of all I your love some Rankin Bass. Friends of all your Christmas specials, you and even the or, the original Hobbit. Rudolph, yes. uh, the uh, um, Hermie, the dentist. Yes, this one yeah. be a dentist. <laughs> Um, Talk about metal. Exactly. I mean, that, does it get more rock than Yukon Cornelius <laughs> ripping no. the teeth out of the <laughs> abominable snowman? None more metal. But, but um, 
uh, Rankin Bass uh, was an animation studio as well. They did actually like cartoon animated movies, mostly centered around like holiday specials. But they did do two, not just one, two Lord of the Rings movies, which actually served as source material for the live action movies later on of uh, The Hobbit and then ultimately Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, scenes and aesthetics were actually used by J- uh, by uh, Peter um, Jackson for his uh, modern tellings of it. Oh, wow. But they did a, they also, oh, so there was a book written called The Last Unicorn. Oh, yeah. And they decided to do a movie about it, animated completely by uh, by Rankin Bass. Had a star-studded cast, and, uh, including Mia Farrow and Jeff Bridges. Um, <laughs> and it featured the, the tale of The Last Unicorn, that all the unicorns in all the land have been basically run into the sea by, I think his name was King Hagrid, with his red bull. I've seen this movie quite a bit as a kid. And uh, this red bull would basically drive the unicorns into the ocean so he could see them all the time. And these unicorns, being magical, couldn't die necessarily. There's only a certain way they can. Oh, no, yeah, they just can't die. So pushing them in the water, they just live in the water now. And so the idea is there's one last unicorn, and this guy's trying to get it. They're trying to save it. And the unicorn's name is... (gasps) Unicorn. They don't give the unicorn a name. Uh, she does for a brief minute. It wasn't could, part of. The, it wasn't in the budget for. No, we don't name it this thing. They did give her a human name at one point because there's a scene in the movie. Spoilers. It came out in 1982. Get with it, people. <laughs> um, uh, there was a scene in which they turned her briefly into a human to keep the Red Bull from trying to kill her or drive her into the ocean, and so. Turned her into a human. The Red Bull's like, well, I don't, I don't mess with humans. So walked off. And so for a while, I believe her name was like Althea or something like that. Which I'm like, really? Althea. 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 Yeah. Um, and so, but that was in 1982. Also, uh, the opening and ending uh, musical track done by the uh, hit band America. Ah. Sister Golden Hair. They'd be a good unicorn band. Right? (laughs) Things you don't hear every day. Uh, The next one is the unicorn from the 1985 movie Legend featuring Tom Cruise and Tim Curry as the devil (laughs) coming after Tom Cruise. So the idea is... uh, Darkness, as they call him, but man, he's freaking. He's like, have you seen Legend? No, you gotta see Legend. Okay, Andy. have you seen Legend? <laughs> I haven't. The character's name is Darkness, but Darkness is red, has giant ox horns, and has like big, like long black fingernails and giant vampire teeth. And he's like, oh, 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 <laughs> and you're like, so he's the devil. <laughs> so the devil goes up to a unicorn and he's like, I want that horn. Pa pow, cuts it off. <laughs> And the oh. unicorn basically dies because they're you know that's like the source of their magic and all that stuff and their power, and so <laughs> Tom Cruise Lord being, Darkness is kind of kind of creepy. Show Andy man, he's pure. <laughs> all, I'll tell you a quick fun side side shot about Lord Darkness. Bam. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's not winning any beauty contests. That's <laughs> no. for sure. Tim Curry, by the way, is under all that makeup. Good is job. He? On, yeah, <laughs> and he played the clown in It. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, all sorts of fun. He just stuff. lopped off his. Unicorns. He was what, also. What year the did born. this come out? 1985. Of course. 85. Yep. And so the idea is that Tom Cruise, along with his love interest, go to get fetch the unicorn horn hat back and put it back on the unicorn's head, and the unicorn comes alive again. They put it. What do you? You duct tape it back on its head? Did he sew it on? <laughs> uh, you know, you've heard of gorilla glue, right? This is <laughs> unicorn glue. <laughs> it's that simple. Not made from horse bones. And then yeah. they glue it oh, on. Oh, the mid 80s. Um, yeah. Fun sidebar. 
Um, so that guy looks very demonic. I mean, they did a great. They won all sorts of awards. Oh, in the movie too, he's got like the, his bottom half is all like a goat. So it's like yeah. okay, so he looks yeah. scary. So he's like the Jersey Devil, essentially. Yeah. Uh, except doesn't the Jersey Devil have like one goat foot and one? Yeah, like, Jersey Devil's a little foot. wonky. Yeah, yeah he's. He's got he's got a snake for a tongue and he's, a, he's like a copy of a copy. He gets yeah. a little gets a little off. He's <laughs> a little wonky. But uh, uh, years ago, this is a true story. Years ago, years ago, twenty plus years ago, I was in Florida during Mardi Gras and was at Universal Studios and they had their own like um, their own like Mardi Gras parade, and um, and so there was a float that came by that was legend themed from the movie and this is Universal Studios so it was very like Hollywood grade effects and we're looking and of course the top of this float is darkness and he's like yeah. rah, rah, rah. and yeah. it's actually like a dude with real muscles and he's just made up yeah. from the neck up and there's full on flames flying up around him and he's reaching out to the crowd and throwing beads and at one point I'm like everybody's like got their hands up like Woo! and I'm like they're worshipping the devil right now <laughs> at Disney World this feels oh the universal oh universal but it felt very much like this is when Jesus comes back right now <laughs> this is when and I'm like Woo, Satan throw me the beads I'll give you my soul. And then Jesus shows up. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, did I interrupt your party? <laughs> with your hands up in the air? With this guy? I'm out. <laughs> he just walks off. Oh, man. Anyway, the point is crazy, but that's darkness. And that unicorn in that movie? Again, unicorn. Come on, people. Try harder. You could have tried harder. Be better. U- Ulysses. Obviously, I mean, not one of Tom Cruise's most well-known films either. You no, know? very early on. <laughs> yeah, this is before yeah. Top Gun, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had long. Probably hair. not long before. Not long. Though. No, because I guess Top Gun was what eighty-six, probably. Yeah, yep. it was right. So before. Yeah. from the picture, pictures you're showing us, Pat, uh, his hair was long enough back then. Yeah. He almost had yeah, like a unicorn he, mane going. He grew on. It yeah. out, and he's, yeah. he kind of has like this gold-plated chainmail kind of get up he's wearing and he hasn't aged since that movie no he looks exactly the same when you watch this movie though it's very ethereal and after a while you feel like you feel like you're almost like hallucinating (laughs) you're like am i really watching it's just it's just a very strange movie it's good (laughs) it's just weird um turning this things around a little bit there's a there was a show this has passed me a little bit my brothers were into this show quite a bit called the mighty morphin power ranger in the late 80s early 90s mid 90s and uh, there was a villain on that show that was a winged unicorn called, and he would go around like infecting things. He was called the Polluticorn, which not nice, <laughs> not nice. That sounds yeah. like totally eighties thing. I know. Was there a counterpart like, like a was, recycling unicorn? Was, no, it was with the owl in that as well. I know, right? The bear. He's like, who? <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, give me your lollipops. It's a different owl. <laughs> no, but no, it was uh, no. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers had to come in, and they're like, we're gonna do to you what they did to that unicorn in Legend. We're gonna cut your horn off and. It just got all crazy, but the Polluticorn. Polluticorn. Are you looking him up? Yeah. Going around throwing throwing Coke cans in the ocean and making things. Just look at that guy. Look at that guy. No good. <laughs> you know the thing about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? They didn't. They didn't invest a whole lot of their budget into the costumes. No <laughs> man. No. Well, it kind of looks like a a unicorn that walks on two feet. Yeah. And uh, he also wears armor, body yeah. armor. Sure. Yeah. Polluticorn. With claws. <laughs> Polluticorn. Polluticorn. Exactly, a pun, and a villain. <laughs> but thought I'd throw in a little, wow. a little, a little dark unicorn there to make to make it interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, people who are listening, maybe you're aware of this as a phenomenon. And I, maybe you're not. Uh, we're just pop culture. We're doing a little culture here. Uh, there's a style of animation out there called anime, 
which is featured out of J- uh, Japan. I've heard of this. You have, have you? I have. And uh, it's quite popular now, yeah. uh, but at the time that Pat and I and Andy were young, not so popular, kind not of so fringe, much. kind mm-hmm. of fringy. Uh, I actually uh, liked it quite a bit. Uh, like I said before, group on military bases. So a lot of times you have a lot of different cultures coming together on military bases. And so you get like a like a TV station dedicated to different cultures. You'd like turn it and you're on the Spanish station and you keep going and you're on the like, you know, Filipino station. And seriously, there's like, there's like different, there's like, I mean, we got sucked into a Thai soap opera one time. <laughs> like me and my friends were like watching it. It had subtitles and we're like, this is great. <laughs> you know, so the idea is like you get exposed to a lot of different stuff at a pretty young age. And so I came across anime as I, you know, uh, in the 80s. And so came across this one. I saw this one as a kid and it's called Unico. The fabulous, the fantastic adventures of Unico. So Unico is a very odd-looking unicorn. Looks more, <laughs> looks more like a, like a teddy bear slash <laughs> like horse slash. It's just very interesting. And Unico, um, uh, at one point in the movie, I think gains some extra power. He gets like extra unicorn charged and manifests uh, himself herself as this full majestic like super horse looking unicorn you're like that's a unicorn right there but then after the power wears off mew goes back to being like simple corn <laughs> like i think pat's firing it up we could put images of these up on the uh up on the podcast there's unico yeah there's there's good old unico and that's when unico gets like supercharged anyway the point is it's like a he-man's he cat very, that turns into it's like battle cat, cat exactly battle corn <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it was a fun. Uh, I remember it being a fun movie. It was featured out of Japan, and uh, it was very it was subtitled and all that stuff. But uh, very unicorn centric. It was very. He's got know. the big uh, anime eyes. Yep. And, and kind of fluffy looking. Uh, teeny horn sweet. though. Little. Yeah. Little, little guy. Little little horn. Um, and then, last but certainly not least, uh, in this uh, there is a film that came out in the uh, mid '90s called Nico, Nico the Unicorn. And so what I've noticed with these unicorn movies is that you're getting that name of that unicorn in the movie. It's like Flipper the Dolphin. You know? <laughs> you're, not, you're not not getting <laughs> this. Uh, this was almost a straightforward, like, what if unicorns were real? Imagine a world of fantasy with children discovering a real unicorn. <laughs> so that's the kind of the premise of the show is that these kids discover this unicorn's real. Nobody believes them because you get out of here, kid. You're stupid. And so <laughs> the idea is that this unicorn br- brings magic into these kids' lives and changes their lives. And they the get to ride them around. And, and they ride them around and all that fun stuff. But um, yes. with that one, again, at least he got a name, calling him Nico the Unicorn. Uh, but there's a good little cross-section, if you will, of either uh, animated cartoons or movies that have a very unicorn core, if you will. <laughs> a unicorn. <laughs> 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 to, the, to the stories. Well, recently on one of our favorite shows, uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera, Ooh. there was a unicorn sighting. I believe it took place in Ireland or England. But uh, uh, it's it's I'm pulling up a YouTube. Uh, let's see, yeah, it's well, we'll we'll, we'll put a video we link to, to this yeah, in the I'm, show I'm notes. This down. But it's this guy who was like he was at work. It was somewhere over in the UK, and he's looking out his window, and there's just this white unicorn in this field, and it it, it looks authentic. The guy seems authentic. Uh, nobody's been able to disprove or dis- or debunk it. Uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, if it was a hoax, it was a pretty elaborate one with a pretty well-trained horse. Um, but yeah, Paranormal Caught on Camera featured it. And I remember because I, I had paused it and I wanted to show my daughter Sky, And uh, 
Yeah, pretty cool. I don't know. And huh. yeah, there's some, you know, there's some stuff out there, some kind of, you know, iffy. But the YouTube video I'm looking at right now, it's called Five Unicorns Caught on Camera and Spotted in Real Life. But even better yet, if we could find that one particular clip from Paranormal Caught on Camera. Yeah. Cool. I would love to see more. And we might re- re- revisit unicorns in another segment um, yeah. just to kind of discuss them. But not a ton of unicorn sightings that I came across initially. No, it's not like UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings where people are just capturing footage left and right. Yeah, it's pretty, it's a pretty niche topic of the, I guess technically it's in the cryptid, cryptozoology realm. It, w- it would have to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, barring any sort of like magical, which once again, we're getting into like fairy world, essentially yeah, the, the, the fae folk and all that stuff. But I mean, I'm certainly open to this being a potential as a, as a, uh, as a real existing animal, certainly, but Good old narwhal of the forest. <laughs> there you go. Bye, Andy. Hope you find your paranormal dads. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> so we're going from the happy-go-lucky world of unicorns. Magic. To some really dark stuff. Ooh. Aww. Eddie brought us up. Pat's going to bring us back down. <laughs> Bam! As I do. <laughs> so I ruined so, your paranormal party. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've been, I've been, lately I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, it just seems like with so much going on in the world these days, we got you a think? war going on. <laughs> There's, uh, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic or hopefully at the tail end of a pandemic. A lot of heavy stuff sure. that we've all been dealing with. And, you know, I've, I've been wondering about the, the, the idea of premonitions yeah. where people are kind of have a feeling that something bad is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and the actual definition is a forewarning, an antip- anticipation of an event without conscious reason. So it's presentiment of something that's to come. They tend to be catastrophic. It yeah, seems. it seems like the the premonitions don't are aren't like I sense, and maybe they can sometimes. I, I mean, I will say this: there's times that I I personally have had experienced you know positive ones, like man, things feel like they're going to be out. But but like you're saying, for the most part, it seems like a lot of the stuff is geared towards upheaval, change. Yeah, air quotes negative stuff. Fires, like, floods, and famine. There yeah. you go. Yeah. A lot of the times, they. They're not even specific. Like you, you just have this heavy feeling that something bad is going to happen, and you know if you if you kind of dwell in in you know the Twitterverse or you know a lot of the social media type stuff today, um, you can really get bogged down by it. And I I encourage people who are feeling that way to kind of back off a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, be, have the awareness to walk away from it. You know, and things aren't always that bad, but. Yeah. Um, there are instances where it, people have very specific ideas of, of what is going to happen and uh, even some documentation of, of things that have happened. And I thought that was kind of like some of the stuff that we'd, we'd be talking about. Um, you know, the one thing that, that a lot of people uh, have heard stories about is 9-11 and, and people had premonitions about going to work that day and they decided not to go to work mm-hmm. and the things that happened happened and they were thankful that they they had that premonition yeah. that didn't, didn't show up. Um, another uh, one of the popular ones was 
this goes way back to the sinking of the RMS Titanic. Uh, there was actually a book written called The Wreck of the Titan uh, by a novelist named Morgan Robertson. Mm -hmm. And pretty much the same thing happened in the book. He wrote the book, and then, lo and behold, the Titanic sinks. Yeah. So, um, you and know. Some of, the, some of the details in The Wreck of the Titan were uncanny. I mean, down to how many lifeboats they had, how many people died, the what time of year they hit the iceberg, the dimensions of the ship, like everything. It, w it was almost like when when the Titanic was built and that all went down, it was totally life-imitating art. It yeah. almost played out the exact same way as that fictional story. Yeah, yeah. it just kind of all lined up. Uh, the, the, the book was written in 1898, and um, I... I think that was quite a bit before the Titanic was even conceptualized, yeah. let alone when it sank. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, 1912 is when the Titanic went down. So, you know, you're talking probably at least 20 years. Um, e even until, like, people in, like, personal, their personal lives. I think there's times that we, you know, I think this, this week specifically is a good example. I think that there's times with people where you just feel like, like something's up. Like there's something different in mm -hmm. the air and it just feels that way. And then sure enough, within a handful of days or whatever, something pops. And how many times have we always been like, ah, there, yeah, it, there I it is. It. Right. I felt it, you know, yeah. and, and I feel like that's almost in a very like, I hate to say crude, but that's in a very unrefined kind of way. And you think about like people and you get into this thing about, you know, everything from the gut brain, <laughs> how like, like almost like, and there's been studies how, well, first of all, the actual gut, like the human gut, is the same type of tissue as the brain. There's uh, the nerves and receptors in the actual gut are the s very similar to the ones that are in our brain and our head. And that feeling we get, the gut feeling, is actually a thing. It's a real reaction to stimuli or even perceived stimuli. And in fact, there's a great quote. It's like, how many times have you not listened to your gut and been happy? It's like, no, actually every time my gut instinct has been the right one. And mm -hmm. so it's like, you should probably go and you hear the go with your gut and all these things. But the idea with that is that I think that's almost like we, a lot of people have that, but then you get that, you take that and elevate it to the next level to the more refined where it's people can, who people maybe like Andy or who sit back and study this and think about it and, 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 and hone it into a thing. You can start maybe prem, you know, you know, anticipating and seeing what might happen. I mean, there's stories of like that Russian, I forget, this is where I'm going to fall apart, but there was a Russian lady who was like hit by lightning when she was like 11 years old, went blind, like instantly like made her blind. Mm. But she was able to start like predicting people's futures in the town with insane detail. Mm. And she was, went as far as to like predict Hitler and the world wars and all these things. And even up into 9-11, like you're getting a lot of 9-11 stuff was yeah. really predicted by a lot of people it seems like and so i think there are cases not not just i think i think a lot of people experience this on some rudimentary level for sure well you you mentioned um hitler you know there's of course one of the most famous predict predictors of all time is nostradamus and yes and he's one of the guys that nostradamus predicted as well mm -hmm. was was the rise of hitler in the third Reich. nostradamus he some of his biggest predictions or people believe his predictions were uh, the assassination of the Kennedys. Mm -hmm. The Great Fire of London was a Nostradamus thing. Well, and Nostradamus wrote in what they refer to as quatrains, mm -hmm. uh, just kind of almost like poetry lumped together into groups. 
But the, but the most infuriating thing about Nostradamus's you know worldly predictions, he he didn't want to write in such cryptic messages. Uh, he wanted to speak in plain French, <laughs> but he couldn't because of the church. Yep. Because if he was, you know, that that was considered, a, you know, considered a cult and mm-hmm. witchcraft. So he had to make it vague enough that the mm. church couldn't persecute him, yep. but specific enough that people could interpret the meaning. And I think it's the it's that gray area that's subject to interpretation that people have been uh, arguing and debating over his predictions for, you know, for centuries. Yeah. Yeah, not everything he predicted to was was negative. There was, you know, people say that Louis Pasteur was uh, one of his predictions. His little poem, as as you said, was something to the effect of the lost thing is discovered, hidden for many centuries. Pasteur will be celebrated almost as a god-like figure. This is when the moon completes her great cycle, but other rumors shall be dishonored. And so... Pasteur is the French word for pastor or shepherd, and of course Pasteur is credited with discovering microbial decay, and uh, his breakthroughs is credited with saving countless lives over the course of history. Yeah, they say like what, water sanitation and pasteurization is like one of the biggest, the best inventions we've ever had. Like foodborne illness was like a normal, like, oh, he died, why? Bad, bad, bad milk, bad cheese. Yeah. <laughs> died right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's the thing about these things too is, and I think it's funny, and and this does get a little bit woo woo. So hold on, everybody. Like this isn't woo woo enough. It's like if you want to sit back and theorize that our existence is kind of in this interconnected, hear me out, crystal, that whole E eight thing, where it's drifting in and out of this plane of reality, and there's this notion of, and every single major religion has been saying this since day one, that we're all connected. I'm connected to Andy. I'm connected to Pat. You guys are connected to me. Everybody's connected. And all these things are connected, and we don't see it. We don't see it because we're so tuned into our five senses. We're just like, whatever, i got to go pay bills and eat and poop and go do this and get so-and-so to practice. And Oh, man, life. <laughs> and it's like you forget that we are connected. We have this connectivity. We have this sub-little hum. And in that, there wouldn't be a handful of people through history that are able to kind of get a, uh, a 10,000 mile view of all this interconnectivity and be like, huh, huh, weird dots connecting. Oh man, look this and able to actually do that and mm-hmm. see that. And I think that that would be silly to think that that's not possible. And, you know, um, predictive stuff, being able to warn, this is what's forged the, the beliefs and cultures that we've had, Forget all of our Western stuff where we like to not believe in anything. You get into shamanic you know, cultures back in the day. They would go to people to have them do this and pay them good, hard-earned money. Be like, hey, man, I'm having some trouble. Help me out here. And like anything, if it didn't work, people wouldn't keep doing it, certainly. And, and I mean, Andy's a good example. It's like, you know, you know, psychic medium for 15 years. It's like, not to be this person, but if it wasn't working, it wouldn't last that long. <laughs> and so it's like, I think that there is, there's something in there, and I think we're all receptive to it on some level, but you got homeboys like Nostradamus who probably had a much clearer lens, you know? When I think, you know, some events, some world events, whether it's 9-11, uh, you know, the rise of Hitler, or what have you, I think some events, both good and bad, you know, maybe even technology inventions to a certain extent. Some things are rooted in fate and destiny. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're going to happen. They're they're written into the script of this, 
community theater called life. And I think sometimes when you're, you're on a collision course with something that has to happen, good, bad, or indifferent, you have intuitive people who are tuning into that at the same time, mm-hmm. almost as if uh, they're picking up the frequency of that particular radio station, if you catch my drift. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, now th- that begs further questions. You know, if 9-11 uh, was inevitable, inevitable part of history, why? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the rise of the Third Reich and, and Hitler was inevitable, why? Yeah. Um, you could you could ask the same thing about the technology boom of the past 20 years since Internet. It, our whole world is completely different than it was 20 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, completely foreign. Like yeah. this, this device we hold in our hand with our phone, yeah. it runs everything in our life. And everybody's got one. And everybody's got one. And so you, you almost think like breakthroughs like that, whether it be, the, you know, the Steve Jobs of the world or um, uh, Elon Musk, you know, people like this. uh you know, the game changers, but, you know, also maybe some of these people who are changing the course of history, maybe they're also part of the fate and destiny, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they, they're able to tap into something that's bound to happen and they just make it happen. Um, well, and coming back to like tragedy things, it seems like, especially us as people, it seems like, you know, if we are, not we have, but, you know, we are manifested chunks of the universe trying to understand itself and and so it's like we when good things happen we're like well we want more of that like let's keep doing that but when bad things happen that's when we change stuff you know it's like well how did that happen let's not do that so it's like it's like with good stuff typically i don't think we as people go well, that was good, but let's change it. You know, it's right. like nobody right. says that. It's like if it's yeah. working, don't. And that, that's the well, that's the joke, right? Like, don't mess with it. If it's working, yeah. don't touch it. Well, you look at nine eleven and how things have changed since then. Yeah, you know, we were just walking through the airport, and no longer can you just walk down and watch the planes come and go. Nope. You know, you have to have a ticket, and you have to go through security, and mm-hmm. you have to have a reason for being there. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back in the day, you would just go watch the airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you get in trouble now, yeah. not not having a definitive reason to be there. You know, no, it's a very good point, and even like just culturally speaking, I think in some ways, if you think about this, and I'm trying to look at it on a positive slant, but it's like you look at, and I'm just looking at it from my perspective. Culturally speaking, I feel like up until pre 9/11, we all knew about different cultures, but there wasn't a whole lot of social movement to just really ext- uh, understand and understand. accept them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just more like, yeah, man, they do that. That's weird. Anyway, back to yeah. my thing. Yeah. And I think post 9/11, I think that the 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 positive side of it is there was a lot of people. I mean, there's a, there's always the other side, but there was a lot of people who were really working and wanting to understand understand other cultures like how how does do other people live how do other people think i want to know this better i want to understand this better and some i think sometimes good like even with the holocaust it's like um i think the classic thing of like good things come out of bad things it's like there's there's an there's a there's an understanding that happens because that bad thing happened if that bad thing never happened you never would have had the the good that came out of it, which I'm not trying to spin it, but yeah. Well, it's it creates chaos creates opportunities, you know. And if you, if you think of the world as let's say the world's a community theater and we're all just playing a role, we're actors playing a part, you know, uh, somebody has to play the the role of the villain because without the villain you can't have the hero, um, and yeah. you know you can't have you can't understand what it means to 
to, to save somebody's life unless there's a life to save. Yep. You can't be a firefighter without fires. can't be a police officer without crimes. You can't feel the joys of helping somebody uh, overcome grief and hardship unless there's somebody to counsel. Yeah. You know? yes. So it's, it's, all we're talking about is balance. And, and, and you, speaking of balance, some premonitions are good, some premonitions are bad. I've heard some really, really cool ones from my clients over the years. On the negative end of the spectrum, I had a client once. She lived in a small town, I believe in Nebraska, but wherever she was, she had a dream that a train in her hometown derailed. Guess what happened the very next day? Yeah. Train derailed. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were hurt, but it provided opportunities for a lot of the civilians to, you know, to come together and to 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 do some really good things. Mm-hmm. I had another client on a on a more warm fuzzy side of the spectrum. I had a client who dreamed of meeting her future husband hmm. down to what his name was, down to what he was wearing even where it took place. I think mm. it took place in some outside plaza near a fountain. That same weekend, she went to that place, saw the guy wearing the same outfit next to the fountain. She went up, introduced himself, herself. His name was the same it was in his dream. And she, she essentially said, oh, I'm going to marry you someday. And last <laughs> I heard, they've been married 20-some years. I mean, so sometimes uh-huh. you just you get a glimpse into that fate you know and and you know sometimes when you stick to your fate or destiny you you arrive at a place or person or, or an event that was just supposed to happen yeah. yeah have you guys experienced this in your own personal lives whether in the form of a dream a feeling a thought uh, uh, you know anything like that at all personally i can't think of any any dreams you know that you know, I woke up the next morning and said, this is going to happen. And then it did, did come to fruition. I can't think of Do you have a hindsight situation maybe where you did have a dream or a thought or a feeling and then later on something did happen and you're like, wait a minute. Like then you were able to connect the dots or not or not really? Not really. Not for me, no. How about you? Me? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mine, I have, I have quite a few. And this is where it gets interesting because at one point I'm like, and you know, Andy, you probably get people all the time who you meet, and they're like, "I'm psychic too," you know. And you're like, uh. "Well, everybody is on different levels." Sure, you, you could say everyone's athletic. Yes, everybody is athletic. You know, some people some can people dunk are... a basketball. Some people can shoot a free throw. Yeah. We're all artistic. Some people can draw a stick figure. Some people can paint a masterpiece. You yeah, know? good point. It's, yeah, it's all it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Yeah, good, good, good call. But I... I've always said, Eddie, you are very, very intuitive. You really are yeah. one of the more intuitive people I've ever met. Yeah, for better or for worse. Uh, and and for me what I've noticed is it's almost always like dreams. Like I'll have a dream that won't make sense. I'm like, this is a weird dream. And then fast forward, something happens. And I'm like, Oh snap, I dreamed this. <laughs> and it's not like me, like people are like, yeah, you're doing that thing. Where you, you know? No, it's like the dream has specific components, like specific things that I remember. In a lot of cases, these dreams tend to be recurring dreams. And then after the thing happens, I don't dream anymore. I don't have that same dream anymore. It's gone. And so I'll have these dreams. And one specifically was it did involve, essentially, I'll just get it personal. It, it, it basically involved my divorce. And I remember... I moved in in my dream. I moved into this. We were in one house. We moved into a new house, and the new house needed a lot of work. It was kind of in rough shape. And all of a sudden, in this house, things kind of shifted. And there was a part of the house. There was like this house was a big house, and there was a part of the house where I couldn't go, where Eddie couldn't go. For some reason, it was shut off to me. And one day, 
I went into that part of the house. I was kind of almost practicing like lucid dreaming with this house and this dream. I had this dream without kidding probably over a dozen times, uh, like over the course of years. And it was just really eating at me. I'm like, what is this dream about? And there was this house and it was initially a happy feeling like, woo, we're in this house. After a while, it became kind of a foreboding feeling. And then all of a sudden there's this section of the house where I can't go. Not just anybody. I couldn't go. And I'm like, that's weird. So in my dream one night, I remember in my dream, I was like, I'm going into this section of the house. I'm doing this. And I open the door and I go into this room and it's a giant room. It's like a, almost like a office. It's like an office slash library kind of feel. And I'm like, huh, this is weird. And there was no, no lights, no nothing. And I turn around and there was a woman standing there in the room and she was dead. She was a ghost and she was pissed. She was mad. That I was there. So mad, just seething like anger. I've never felt in my dream. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Look at this. <laughs> Even still. And I woke up terrified. Like this this ghost, this woman was like, like just rageful that I was even in that room. And then I, I couldn't make sense of this dream. I'm like, what is this thing? Fast forward, uh, the pandemic hits, all this stuff. Uh, my wife at the time of 20 years hits me with some news. Like, and we just moved to this new house. To us, it was new. It was, we weren't quite there three years. And it was in rough shape. It needed work. It had a lot of little weird quirks about it, weird crap. And I'm just, we constantly were fixing things. And there was a portion of the house that was like a separate section downstairs. And you guys know you've been there. Uh, but there was like a whole separate little, like a mother-in-law area downstairs. And I used it actually as a recording studio and a, a place of my own. And within this, the pandemic hits and my wife at the time is like, hey, surprise, I don't want to be married to you. <laughs> also, I don't want to be married to you for a long time. Who knows how long? And then we move her. It was during the pandemic, so we couldn't, like, there wasn't a lot of stuff to do with, with leaving and moving yet. So we basically moved, I moved her downstairs to this part, and that part of the house became completely shut off to and me. And you weren't allowed down there. And I was not going to go, I couldn't go down there. It was like a complete. So your dream was definitely tapping into that. Oh, totally. But that was, and that was years before. Yeah. Years. Hmm. I'm talking like my kids were babies, and I'm having this dream. Very strange. That's and. Funny. And not even like that. Stuff like that, too. Other things. Well, even going back to Lincoln and his assassination, apparently a few days before his assassination, he had a dream. Yes, I remember um, this. And he relayed this to his bodyguard at the time. And uh, the bodyguard later reportedly you know, told the story after Lincoln's death. But Lincoln dreamed that he... Uh, he, according to the dream, he walked into the East Room of the White House and found a group of mourners and a corpse which had been guarded by soldiers. And so Lincoln asked one of the soldiers, he says, who died? And a soldier replied, the president. He was killed by an assassin. And this was a couple days later. Wow. He goes to Ford's Theater and, and is shot by John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, and the, the notion of these things being coincidence to me is a little bit disingenuine, a lot of bit disingenuine, honestly. It's like a man just had a dream about his own death. Yeah. You know? It's like, and, you know, not to, I'm not putting myself in the company of Lincoln, but a man had a dream about essentially, you know, you know, his wife leaving him, you know? And it's like, that's crazy. And I think, I think there is something to this uh, about this notion that, I've called it, for me in my own personal philosophy, I've called it soft destiny, where it's like, I'm in charge of my life. My life is a giant tapestry, and I can do anything. Sort of. 
I think that there is a path. I think we have a path. It's a wide path. It's not a narrow little path. Maybe there's parts that get kind of narrow sometimes. And that, that's probably a good analogy. Probably it's wide in parts and narrow in others. Mm. And I think there are events like within the macroverse for us, like 9-11 and all these things that are outside of our control. And and even within your life and mine and other people and you, listener, where these things are going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And I hate to say it that way and sound like fatalist, but it's like, yeah. I don't think that there is. I think that there's things in your life that are a hallmark of this experience. You get into this belief of a, of a pre-existence and a post-existence where it's like, and hear me out, where this is kind of like a little bit of everything, where it's like you, me, and Andy, at some point in the pre-existence, we're like, hey, man, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to be a human. It's like, oh, man, me too. And it's like, hey, let's do a thing. We're gonna, here's our life plan. We're going to be friends, and we're going to have a podcast. And, and like my wife's going to leave me, and so is Andy's. And, then, <laughs> and, then, and, and it's going to suck, but it's going to make us really good friends. And then we're going to have all this other stuff happen. There's, I think there's hit points. Boop, 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 boop. And then I think that... Those are those hit points are necessary. They're part of the experience. You know, it's almost like a plot. Like Andy compared it to a community theater. I think there is a loose kind of script. We get to improv in parts, and we get to kind of stick to the script in other parts. And I think sometimes through dreams or through just being awake and being aware, you're able to kind of be like, I think I see a piece of the plan right now. I think I see a little bit. I think I just, I, I can't see all of it. I can only see a part, but you know, I think that that's part of it. I think it really is. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Did you have, have, have you have any? I'm sure you've got stories. <laughs> yeah, I've got stories. Probably, probably too many premonition too type many. stories to count. You know what? I come across quite a bit though in talking with my client. Of course, you know, I part of my the way that I make a living is by making premonitions and giving predictions about people's future. But the the trend that I see most often is I I, I talk to these moms who had a premonition of their child before they knew they were pregnant you mm. know and it's they wake up and they're like wow that was exceptionally real maybe i should take a pregnancy test oh turns out she is pregnant it is a boy he does have red hair um then when he's born she feels like she's already known him kind of deal um yeah and it just again it just goes to show you know we know more than we know we know more than we we think and i think you know the dreams our dreams are kind of like the playground for the soul yeah. I feel like it's when we have access to, you know, to the bigger picture, you know, if, if you will. So, um, but no, it's, I mean, consulting with psychics and mystics and intuitives and oracles, it's as old as history itself. Yeah. I mean, you go back to the oracle at, at Delphi, I think that was in uh, Greece, you know, even some of the world leaders throughout history, Hitler, Abraham Lincoln, mm. uh, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, you have people who consulted with intuitives to get a little bit of an edge, you know, even our own government, Project Stargate, you know, they were looking to weaponize psychics for mm -hmm. espionage. Yeah. Um, and like we were talking last last episode, the government. Okay, but how can we weaponize it? How <laughs> do you put a gun? How do you put a put gun, a gun on, on a psychic? <laughs> there, there's a new one too. There's Project Penguin. Never heard of this one. It's a new one. Okay. And it's a it's I a just picture like little cute. I know. It's like how do I put a gun on a penguin? There is a uh, it's a combination of using psychic mediums in combination with psychedelic mushrooms, Andy. Oh god! <laughs> so there's no actual penguins. No, it's just darn it! I was hoping there'd be. I some know. Penguins. You 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 do hope. You know, one of those little chin strap penguins. Yep. Waddle waddle. <laughs> <laughs> turns around there's a, there's a 45 magnum on its back waddle waddle bang bang <laughs> there's a gun on that penguin duck psychedelic mushrooms and 
intuition that you know i back in the day i've been doing i've been a psychic medium for about 15 years back when i first started i don't do this anymore but back Uh when i first started i would do these psychic house parties Hmm. people would hire me i'd go to their home and i'd give like 10 to 15 you know mini sessions five Mm -hmm. or ten minutes and uh it was you know it was but inevitably at these parties people always made a big hoopla about it they'd invite their friends and Mm -hmm. family there'd be hors d'oeuvres there'd be wine and beer and and people always offered me a drink when i got there and i always said uh i'm good like what i'm doing (laughs) is weird enough if you mix alcohol and you know other merriments into the picture the readings could get really weird yeah in fact (laughs) <laughs> I did Uh-oh. this once. Oh, it was no. the last session of the night that I did. It was in this apartment, 20 and 30-something-year-old kids. And the last reading of the night, this guy was baked. Like, he mm-hmm. had been smoking some things, and he was sitting. And granted, we were in really tight quarters because they had us in a spare bedroom, so it was kind of awkward because I'm basically mm-hmm. sitting, like, kneecap to kneecap <laughs> with these people. And this guy sits down, and his eyes are just big as, you know, big as a deer. And uh, every everything I, that I said, every prediction I made, he was like, Whoa! <laughs> How do you know that, man? <laughs> it's like just picture Keanu Reeves. That's like, amazing. He was blown Whoa. away. Like, yeah, so anyway, I don't know. It's uh, a double rainbow, man. Double rainbow. Double what does it mean? Across the sky. Yeah, dude. But Project Penguin, huh? Project Penguin. Yeah, I believe it. If I remember right, it's been a while since I read up on it, but it was like basically like uh, taking psychic mediums who have a, pers- a certain persistent like like hit rate, if you will, like yeah. they're, they're able to, and then basically just juicing them up with <laughs> DMT and my, you know you know psychedelic mushrooms, and you know there was this discussion about psychoreactive uh, mushrooms and ancient cultures, and how like we could talk about this one time also, but a little bit a little bit of controversy, a little bit of con- controversy. <laughs> um, psychedelic mushrooms were used by ancient religions, even up unto Christianity, and that there was a oppressive kind of political reason to shut that down because the idea is that by certain ingesting certain mushrooms, because they called the mushrooms were basically the the manna from heaven was almost like a, a, a code word for mushrooms, mm-hmm. and that um, you would basically be able to see and commune with God if you took in these mushrooms. And that's the whole idea of the sacrament. And they retooled the whole idea of what a sacrament is by making it about, you know, bread and, you know, wine and all that instead. And there's a recent case of a full-blown atheist. Like, I'm an atheist, man. And he, he went on this mushroom journey, like he had some mushrooms. And he goes, I literally met God. I met this life force that was like, yeah, you're part of me. And so is everybody. And I I made that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he comes back from it and he's like, I, I believe in God. Not, you know, not to necessarily subscribe to a certain religion, but he's like, I believe in a life force creation entity because I just saw him. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know. I think there are some ways to do this. Certainly, you don't want to wait for the government to come contract you and be like, I want you to eat mushrooms and then glue a gun to a penguin's head. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's something for sure, man. Well, I think we've we've had it all in this episode with rubber bands and unicorns and penguins. Could you take we? Some I think we co- got might, it all covered. You <laughs> might see the unicorns if you eat the mushrooms. We're not condoning anyone not. to just go and eat no. mushrooms. No. By the way, this, we're not saying that. It's a drug-free podcast. We're, we're all very we're all very straight edge here. 
they're not bad on pizza, though. They're good on pizza. I like mushrooms on my pizza. I like stuff Super Mario. They make you big and give you an extra life. Beedy, 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 beedy. Get all big. Help you become a better plumber. Just don't stomp on turtles. Don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. But yeah, this has been we. This has been a veritable cornucopia of paranormal. We even had rubber bands in the, in the mix there. <laughs> what, what what more do you want? Um, hey, thank you for uh, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy our stuff, be sure to check us out on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What else we got? Big shout out to our friends over at freesounds.org for any sound effects you're hearing on this one. And also uh, good old people at premiumbeats.com for the one wonderful music that you guys like, our theme, to- our th- our theme tunes. And lastly, we have shirts. We have shirts uh, from our, live, our last live event. If you would like a shirt... Uh, please message us uh, for sizing and pricing details and shipping and all that fun stuff. And uh, pretty good idea. We got the holidays kind of starting to think about those. So think about the paranormal person in your personal life. I can almost taste the pumpkin spice everything. Mm. It's coming. It's coming. Mm. It's coming. I love it. premonition right there. There you go. That's a good (laughs) premonition. If you, dear listener, have had something odd or unusual happen in your life, whether it's a premonition, a unicorn sighting, paranormal activity, or what have you, please email us, paranormaldads at gmail.com. We could share your story on the show, which would be pretty cool to get your story read. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, shameless plug, I have another podcast going on. It's called So Strange. So if you're looking for more content. Eddie, you have a side project, another podcast going on as well. I do uh, a couple of them, but uh, the one that's paranormally uh, fun is uh, Dimensions. Uh, it's on uh, Spotify, all the podcasting things. Uh, you might have a little bit of trouble looking for it because there's a lot of podcasts of that <laughs> name. Uh, capital D-I-M, and the rest of the words are all lowercase dimensions. And yeah, we kind of get into some deep, esoteric, weird talks, and it's kind of a fun time. So uh, we call it audio art. Nice. <laughs> all right, well, thanks right. so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next episode. Adios. Bye. Bob, I'm going to podcast like this from now on. Bob, 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 Bob. <laughs> but, but you are thinking about like that would be the setup, you know, and that way we can like table pound and it wouldn't like do anything. <laughs> I want to sing. You got a voice like an angel, Eddie. Thanks, buddy. I just want to sing and dance. You two? I'm three? I'm three, you're two. I go, you go, you go, I go? My grandma I am and your three. grandma. I go, I go, I'm me. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go.